Hey, everybody, this is Charles with the Barbershop Group Podcast. I hope that you all are doing well uh, today and getting ready for the weekend. As I always say to you guys, you know, plan some some good things for yourself um, on the weekend if you're off work or whenever your weekend may happen. Um, set aside some time to really check in with yourselves, check in with your families, check in with your friends. Uh, don't be so quick. Put the phone down. And just really, really find out how you're doing, find out how your your folks are doing. And uh, if you have the opportunity to get out, get some sun or, or go somewhere and enjoy yourselves, please do that. Uh, because we know that work and everything else causes a lot of stress on you. And uh, we just want to have you guys around for a while. As you all know, those of you who follow us on our social media pages, we've been publishing a lot of news lately about a lot of men who uh, are taking their own lives. So we want to put a call out to you guys. If you all are in need of help, please reach out. If you ever have uh, an emergency, dial 911. Don't wait. Don't reach out and wait for somebody to respond. But there are also national crisis hotlines that you are able to call. And that number is included in our show notes. So uh, keep that in mind. You know, today, guys, I'm really excited. Uh, I get excited all the time when I have guests on the show, but I'm really, really excited to have this particular guest on the show today. Um, I've got, excuse me, I've got Veronica. I mean, let me make sure that I stop myself because I don't (laughs) want to get in trouble. Um, You know, I um, have Veronica Clanton Higgins. Okay. So get that right, guys. It's not Clayton. It's Clanton Higgins. (laughs) on the show with us today from Compton, Compton, California. Veronica, how are you today? I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Look, guys, I, I'm telling you, I I had a conversation with Veronica uh, a few days ago. Uh, and I mean, we could just sit on the phone and talk forever about stuff. Uh, she, is, she is giddy. She is passionate. She is insightful, down to earth, man. And I'm just so happy to have her on the show to talk about some things today. You know, Veronica herself is, um, is a therapist. Uh, she's again, out of Compton and she's also the, uh, the primary licensee for TEDx Compton out there. So whenever anything is happening with TEDx and Compton, she's the go-to person. And it's great to have an African-American woman in that position out there. Of course, I support everybody, but man, it just looks so good to see somebody <laughs> involved like that. And it's like, you know what? That's my sister. That's my mother. That's auntie. We know what that's about. So congratulations to you, Veronica. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, you know, um, Veronica, we, we've talked. You follow us on, on social media. And thank you so much for your support. You not only are, uh, are a therapist, but you also have sons. Yes. Okay. And it's very, very interesting to hear some of your perspectives, uh, both as a, as a therapist, a, a, a mom therapist of boys, right? <laughs> Teenage boys. Teenage, Teenage boys, because it's a little different. Teenage right. boys, you know. Um, and, and so a lot of times, we tend to talk to adults about mental health issues, psycho-spiritual issues, and things like that. We're all over the place doing that type of advocacy work, but mm-hmm. but we're not really talking to or listening to or inviting mm-hmm. emerging young men, right. right? It seems like we're forgetting about that group, you see? And, yeah. I feel like sometimes we forget that teenagers are emerging adults 
Yes. And that our responsibility to them as their guides, as their parents, is to teach them how to properly navigate emotions, how to make decisions, because we all know the brain isn't fully formed, fully developed until around 24, 25. And so we're teaching them how to navigate life. And I think historically, we've always had this um, mindset, and I'm not saying everybody, I'm just doing like generally of you talk to a child and not with the child. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to listen to me. You're going to listen to me. And we and we talked about this before. We may have a chance to get into some of that today. But one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about having sons and, and just, you know, with the training and the experiences that you have had, Veronica, is, is this. Let's talk intimate relationships for emerging men. So mm-hmm. when I say emerging men, we're talking about those teenagers, the young adults, right? Because um, you've got the Me Too movement where now we're talking about boundaries for men and women, okay? Right. We have toxic masculinity discussions that are kind of all over the place. Some of it we definitely understand, and some of it is kind of like, well, wait a minute, what is that? Uh, right. But what are young people about, and how are we talking to young people about relationships? So I have sons, right? Yeah, I got it. I have a, a son and I'm, I'm like, dude, you know what? You can go out and make a baby right now. And oh, my God, that's just right. what they're going to do. Right. <laughs> like, what, what do? You know what I'm saying? Um, but but, you know, how are how are you talking to your teen sons about intimate relationships today? Well, it started when they were young. I didn't wait till they were teenagers. And so essentially we I always had age appropriate and developmentally appropriate conversations about the human body and, and sex with my children mm-hmm. um, to normalize it. So that way, when they did hit puberty and they start, their bodies start to go through different things and they start to experience different types of feelings, that it wouldn't be awkward or weird to them and they wouldn't feel um, bad about the changes that their bodies are going through. And so with my 16-year-old, I've always discussed like safe sex. Um, and I also tell them, I said, well, you know what? <laughs> and hopefully he does not listen to this guy. I don't want him <laughs> mad at me for doing his business. So one time I did catch him watching porn, right? Okay, yeah. And so, of course, I did not shame him because this is a teaching moment, right? Right. right. So essentially what I did tell him, I said, well, when you actually have sexual intercourse, that is not what it's like. This is like entertainment. I said they make everything real grand and real exciting so that people can view it and pay for it. I right. said, so this is not an accurate depiction of sexual intercourse. Right. And he yeah. said, oh, like a movie. I said, yes. <laughs> <It's a movie. laughs> right. I Absolutely. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, and I said, we have to be careful. And I said, do not assume that this is what a young lady wants when you decide that this is uh, you're going to get into intimate relationships. Don't assume that this is what a young lady is looking for and what she wants. Right. Um, and I also tells, I told him, um, I said, I told him about the emotions that are connected to giving your body to somebody. Mm. Right. Okay. Because he, when he, when we talked about it, I told him, I don't feel like I told him, I don't feel like you're emotionally ready for sex. Okay. Right. I said, your body may be ready. Right. Physiologically. I said, but you aren't emotionally ready. And he said, well, what does that mean? And I said, that, that, I said, you might get with a girl and y'all kissing and doing all this stuff and something pop off. 
and I'm hoping you use protection or you talk to me or your dad before you get to that point. Right. Um, I said, but then afterwards, you would get this range of emotions, this flood of emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, you might think you're in love with this young lady. She might tell you she's on birth control. You don't have to use a condom. I said, it's a different type of vibe. And I said, you cannot be led by that. Right. You have to be led by being wise in your decision making. I said, but it's hard for me to explain it because you haven't experienced it yet. But I want you to be aware that it can cloud sometimes decisions right. and things of that nature. Because he came and he said, well, mom, can I kiss a girl? <laughs> he was like 12, 12 or 13. I hope he does not listen to this. He was, like <laughs> he was 12 or 13 and he asked that he kiss a girl. And I said, are you in a, are you in a loving, committed relationship? He said, no. I said, well, keep your little lips to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Oh, man. Say, no, nah, you don't touch anything. Don't put your lips on nothing but this spoon right now. That's what you do. Your girlfriend, I'm not against you, you know, but let's just think about this. We don't know what people's bodies have been. And, right, right. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> I try to be open, Me. honest, and comedic with yeah. it. I hear you. I hear you know it's it's funny too because uh, every now and then I talk to my son about about it. Just when you talk about the physical part of it first, I told my son I said, "Hey, look, man, um, I, just on a on a human level, is somebody clean? You don't even know this. You can't even verify that. Like you right. know, but but for for young men, when we talk about emotions, that's a whole different ball game because." So many boys and men are already so far away from really getting in touch with their emotions. You know, we have them, we experience it, but we don't go into the depths of discussion about it and really, really breaking it down for days and weeks and months. Right? We don't do that. No. Um, but when it when it comes to intimacy for for young guys, you know, I have always found it difficult to try to explain this to to you know, young men, because the hormones, the mind. Oh, yes. is, yeah. And so, so the only thing that I see is, Ooh, she's fine. She's pretty. I'm getting ready to get it. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and I think back to one of my own experiences as a young, younger person, how, you know, I had, I had a girlfriend at one time Well, I was, I was on the bus and I saw another girl I saw another girl and I was like, yo, you know what? I'm getting ready to dump this girl for that right. girl. The impulsivity. Mm -hmm. You see? Because that girl, she had the video body. She was video vixen <laughs> and everything else, right? Right. And, and, and um, so I was like, oh, yeah, I got to get with this new new right now. You see? Okay. When my dad, Veronica, my dad came along and he was like, hey, man, what are you doing? He was like, you don't know this girl, all right? And he was like, let me explain something to you. You know, he, and he tried to put it in the best way he could. He was like, look, even though you, you can't even touch the emotions right now, physically, right. physically, I want to tell you something. He said, if you see, when you see that young, young lady like that, and she's built like those older women, mm -hmm. that's, that, that's, that's not a good sign for you, son. You know, you, you, yeah. You know, he was like, that's not a good sign for you right there. That's something that's already had this type of, there's other things going on. He said, I guarantee you, she's had experiences that you have not. And you know, Veronica, he proved himself right. He was right. Okay. And see, yeah, but you know what? Let me say something about that. 
right? When young women, uh, we know they develop um, at a different rate, right? Right. And then we also got a, I don't know if you heard of the life history theory where it says that your life experiences determine how you evolve and things of that nature, right? Yes, yes, I'm familiar with that. Okay, so when we look at exposure-wise and we look at sometimes young girls are put in positions to do things before young men, mm-hmm. and of course, puberty looks different on a young lady than it does on a young man, right? Right. And so that's why... And I'm coming from the perspective of being that girl that you saw on the bus. Mm-hmm. Always curvy, yeah. um, Coke bottle shape, big bottom, you know, where everybody's trying to get now, right? Yeah. And so the perception was I was experienced, mm. right? Yeah. And when yeah. gentlemen would approach me, they approached me from the perspective of, oh, she got hip, she got butt. Uh, she's already getting it in. Got you. Yeah. And so when I'm talking to my sons about, number one, I always talk to them about how to approach young ladies. We always joke in this house about, you know how you had that conversation with your dad? My husband has those similar conversations with the boys. Mm. And then I'll ask my husband, can I chime in? And he'll be like, yeah. And I'll be like, look, if you want to get girls, who you going to listen to, your dad or me? And the boys right. I said, uh, but who's the female and has the expertise on what the women look like? And they're like, okay, we're going to rock with mom. (laughs) Because what I'm trying to teach my sons is that, number one, how you treat a woman is important, right? Mm, Yeah. And I and I always and I know some people probably gonna get mad, but I always frame it is if you choose to be with a woman or whoever you choose to be with. Mm. We don't know right now i know i could tell with my boys which direction they're going you know of of course it seems to be more of the heteronormative things but like i always tell them if your preferences changes when you get older that's between you and your partner but um but when we're trying to teach them how to operate in relationships how do you talk to a young lady Mm -hmm. how do you approach her um i'd start talking to them about um intimacy and consent yeah, a long absolutely. time ago. Like, please be sure, do not go up it. Because I tell them when I was little, because of the way I was physically built, mm-hmm. I didn't tell them the physically built part. I just told them that, you know, boys would come and hit me on my butt and they thought it was funny. Right, right. Or they would come and grab my boob or grab my butt and run because they made a bet with each other. Oh, I bet you won't go grab her butt, you know. Mm. And I told them I felt violated. Right, absolutely. And I tell them, do not ever put a woman in a position to feel that way. And yeah. I said, so if you want to hug somebody, what should you do? Ask her, can I hug her? That's Ask right. her, can I hug her? And I said, correct. And I said, and I don't make my kids hug people if they don't want to. I'm like, they ain't going to hug you. They don't want to. I don't make them hug you. You right. know, it's their body. But yeah. I also talk to them about those instances as young black men where if you're intimate with a young lady, and I'm talking about the physical intimacy part of it, that's mm-hmm. um, after you guys have built a bond, and you're you're in the space with her, and she says no, okay, but then she said no, maybe, maybe I don't know. Give me a few minutes. I said, what do you do? Because I've trained them very well. They yeah. said, get up and leave. Get up and leave. That's right. <laughs> I said, get up and leave. I said, make sure somebody see you leaving. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. No lie, right? Hey, I'm walking out. Look, everybody, I'm leaving. Bye, girl. Bye. Call me 
next week, you know, because I said that young lady is unsure or she might feel like she's doing it to please you or even whatever her reasons are, don't put her in a position to give herself because it's what you want. Yeah. So say yes, maybe give me a few minutes, give her a whole lot of minutes. I said, you get dressed. I said, you well, your body's gonna be in a responsive mode. You're gonna have to take care of that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. There's <laughs> there's no doubt about that. You know, and I think that that's something that I think that that's something that um some men are still having issues with, right? When we were in the heat of the moment and this and that, no, bro, go. Like go. Just, I'm and I'm gonna say it straight up. Okay, get up, put your clothes on, do what you mm-hmm. need to leave. Go jack off, like whatever. Smoke one, drink some, run. Take care we all, later. Get off that space. Hey, go find your foo foo. Get it out. <laughs> all right. I just gotta tell you straight up, like, cause, cause you know, uh, Veronica, this, uh, you guys, if you all are listening to this, we gonna be a while. So just sit back and relax. Listen, <laughs> th- this is the thing that I'm trying to hit men to today. Mm-hmm. Okay, somewhere along the line women thought that they had to be sexually responsible and responsive right. to men. Right. Uh, okay. And guys, I want you all to know, and I'm a man saying this, look, women do not have to be sexually responsive or responsible for you. No. Nope. Okay. Or to you. No, they don't have to be. And so uh, if we go on as things have just been right young boys will be like, oh, well, it's supposed to be like this. Nah, bro. She's supposed to want me. I I gave her this and I bought her dinner and I bought her this. Yeah. So so one of the things that, you know, going to the emotional intimacy part of things is is this. I, I always like to talk to young guys about, hey, you know, has anybody ever broken up with you? Mm. Have you had your heart broken yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Because it's going to be very definitive. Either it's going to be yes or it's going to be no, Veronica. It's not going to be an in-between. It's never in-between. It's never in-between. So if you have had your heart broken or if somebody's broken up with you, have you processed that at all? Because if you can get that young man to talk about that, his perspective about how he engages in a relationship, it'll change. You see? Increases his emotional regulation and his emotional intelligence. There you go. But if we don't actually take the time to sit and talk to this young man about this, he's just going to be like, oh, you know, or sometimes as much as I hate to make the equivalency, you've got to talk to a young guy about like what it felt like to get cut from the basketball team. Right. How embarrassing that was and so on and so forth. Well, guess what, guy? When you're out there getting ready to do this to this young lady, mm. All those emotions that you went through when you got cut from the team, right? When you weren't part of the in crowd, that's the same way she's going to feel. Okay. But let's look at the flip side of that, Charles. What about young men? Young men can be emotionally manipulated by young women. This is true. You're very right. And, and, and I was, think that's, you're right. You know, that, and that's something we don't talk about a whole lot. Oh, yeah. I tell, I tell my boys. My son was being emotionally manipulated by a young lady, right? And I mm-hmm. could see the impact it was having on him. Okay. And I didn't like it. Right. Now, because as a mama, what you're not going to do, <laughs> <laughs> and as a therapist, I 
can see his emotions were all over the place. I said, look, here, ain't going through hormonal changes. You're not about to take my baby through no emotional changes. But right, right. I had to allow him to experience those feelings and talk to him about it. I see. Um, yeah. So he could recognize it. Because mm. I want him to recognize when someone is manipulating you and playing you. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a big thing. That That's a big thing that we don't talk about a lot because I think a lot of men are honestly, they're afraid to talk about uh, how they've been manipulated by women, mm-hmm. you know, but, but I come from the perspective of, you know what, if she is in fact physically weaker or whatever the case may be, right? right. What is she going to use? What are some of the tools in her box that she can use to get what she wants? Okay. And sometimes she may <laughs> use manipulation to get what she wants. Right. You see? Right. And, right. And, and it's, it's a bad thing, but I also understand it, especially with young women, that it's about a survival piece too and not knowing how to go about things a different way. So I'm glad to hear that you actually discuss all of that uh, with your sons. It's extremely important because there are grown men who are just now learning about this stuff, Veronica. <laughs> Yeah, because you know what happens, and as a woman um, growing up, especially growing up in Compton and Long Beach and stuff like that, um, I've seen a reaction. I've been (laughs) a recipient of the reactions of a man who is not emotionally attuned or who does not know how to manage rejection or feel like you're manipulating them, even when you're not. Because sometimes when people are operating in trauma, they cannot see that other people's intentions are good because they're used to being victimized, right? Right. right. And so if you do not notice that you're being manipulated, if you do not notice how um, how you feel when someone dumps you or rejects you, right, and Mm. you don't address that so you can learn how to process and cope with it and deal with it, your reaction is going to be an impulsive or aggressive reaction because you don't know how to manage that emotion. Right. And so the reason why I allow my, my oldest son, I sat him down and I talked to him. I said, what's going on with this young lady? He talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, how does that make you feel? Like, does it make yeah. you feel like she care about you? He's like, nah, not really. And I said, so when you talking to her, how do you feel? Like, does your body feel like a certain way? I want him to tap into, does he feel anxious, right? Um, does, he, does his head start to hurt? Like, what is his physical responses to talking to this young lady? Right. I want him to right. tap into that. Yeah. And he said, yeah. He said, sometimes my stomach starts hurting and stuff like that. And I said, okay. Um, and then I, we, I allowed him to process that emotion so he could recognize it. And yeah. later. Got you, got you. Guys, we are talking with Veronica Clanton Higgins out of uh, Compton, California. Okay. And, uh, you know, sit, sit back, relax. We will be right back after the break because I've got some questions for Veronica concerning religion, spirituality, and how she talks to her, her young men. So we'll be right back. Hey, guys, we're back with Veronica Clanton Higgins. Uh, she is a therapist out of Compton, California. She's also uh, the primary licensee for TEDx Compton Talks, and uh, she's got an event coming up the beginning of next year. You guys will want to uh, want to follow her on all of the social media links for that, and uh, it'll all be included in the notes here for you. You know, Veronica, um, continuing our conversation and with emerging men, um, 
you know, I experienced uh, some some changes in religion and spirituality a couple times in my life. Okay, mm-hmm. and and now actually, I'm going to change that. I would say that when I was naming things, it was a couple times in my life. Now I realize that spiritual transformations happen every single minute of the day. Okay, right. um, but you know, I grew up as as many people grew up. I grew up in an environment that was, it was religiously very rigid. And then I adopted a religion that was religiously very rigid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got around some more people who were very rigid and it didn't help me. It didn't help me out. You know, you know I thought it helped me in the beginning and then it was like, okay, wait a minute. What, what is this? All right. right. Uh, but, but one of the things that I know to be true is that we don't really do a good job of, listening to and connecting to emerging men when it comes to spirituality and connecting to a higher power. So give us some info on that. How do you deal with that as a, as a therapist, as a grounded woman who has sons? Like, what do you, what do you do? Oh, oh well, I know some folks probably gonna be mad at me about this too. Uh-oh. So I hope you guys will process your emotions later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so I allow my children, I always tell my children, you can do whatever you want, long as it does not violate the rights of others, Mm -hmm. harms the community, or harms you, right? Mm, Okay. So when it comes to spirituality, I did not grow up in the traditional um, Baptist, Christian, Pentecostal environment. We did not go to church. So... Every Sunday, y'all saw people going to church, but that was not my experience. But my husband's experience was that. Okay. And so we had to have a discussion. And I always tell people, if you're going to get with a partner, you have to have this discussion because this impacts the relationship and parenting as well. Right. Um, What will be the religious aspect for the children? My husband and I both agree that we would teach the children about God and about a higher power. He introduced them to the Christian Bible, mm-hmm. but he doesn't make them go to church or make them read the Bible. Um, and he's a history teacher, so he also talked to them about the Quran okay. and things of that nature. So essentially, we're letting them, by exposing them, they get to choose their path. We let them know there is a higher source, there is a divine power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that we do believe in God, we do pray to God, right? Mm-hmm. And that their spirituality is their intimate relationship with God. And it's not up to my husband or myself to determine what that relationship with God looks like. Mm. Right. Because that's between them and God. Um, And so I have one son who seems to be more, um, who wants to go more of the traditional Christian route and that's okay. Right. Bible study and he wants to go to church with his grandmother and that is okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And I have my other son who's more like, yeah, I'm just like, I'm chilling. I know <laughs> to God. I know God exists, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's okay as well, right? Yeah, right, um, right. I think just honoring what they want and giving them and supporting them. Because some people might come from a Christian household and realize that Judaism might be something more that they want. Mm-hmm. And they might get alienated from their family. So right, right. respecting their decisions. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's it's it's you know you well first let me say it's probably a lot of people squirming in their seats right now and shaking their heads and smacking <laughs> lips and sucking on teeth and everything else right now. I get it, uh, yeah. but but I mean let's be real. Um, and, and this incidentally has has been one of the thorns in the side of mental health practitioners vis-a-vis mm-hmm. the black religious community for a long time. Uh, it's just that that thought process of well wait a minute. You're not, you're not teaching about God. Like you're not, well, what, what are you teaching then? Are you the devil? But you know, are you the devil? Right. Yeah. So, but it's, it's an interesting thing because at some point these, these men, again, we're talking about emerging men. They are leaving mom and or dad. They're leaving. They're going away from mom and dad. Like, like, Scientifically, and we discussed this scientifically, neurologically speaking, a teenage child is trying to figure out how to live, actually live, how to survive in the world without mom and dad. And a lot of parents take that as, oh, you're being oppositional. No, this person is trying to figure out what the world means for them and why they are here. Right. And so it can be very difficult, especially for those of us who grew up with, you know, religious traditions, not to say, well, son, you're this and this is how we do it in this house. Because I can tell you what tends to happen when you're telling your son, son, this is how we do things. Right. Uh, This is what we believe. You know, now it's like, well, wait a minute. Hold on. So. So he has to see everything the way you see everything. Oh, and I don't like that. And here's a, here's a crazy question, Veronica. What if your son sees that? What if your son sees toxic behavior from you? Should that son continue that same toxic behavior because he sees you doing it? See, and that's what, okay, no, this is why we have to, <laughs> let me tell you. Okay. The biggest thing in our house is mommy has a potty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I always joke and I tell the children I'm going to do better. And the boys are like, mom, we know, we know that's you. That's yeah. your thing. Right? right. They're like, that's not our thing, but we know that's your thing. Right. And I, and I, and I feel like we should be reflections of what we want the kids to look back on, but not what we want them to be. And I don't, mm. I don't know if that makes sense. So I want my children to take certain qualities and say, okay, well, my mom did A, B, C, D. That worked for her. I'm going to take a little bit of that and do this for me, right? Because a lot of times we're trying to mold our children Mm -hmm. into what we want it to be or what we think they should be. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because I got two stories. One, um, and this is a story I've shared on the podcast from ages ago thousands of years ago, a um, thousand years ago, where um, this guy, he said, do not raise your children for, for your time, raise your children for their time. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, there are a lot of different things you can take from that. But I think about that. And I'm just like, you know, if something doesn't vibe with a person's spirit, that person, that child's spirit, that emerging man's spirit is independent of your spirit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. And we don't, we really have a hard time embracing that concept. Okay. And then the other thing that I thought was interesting, another story, as I, I told you when I spent time with Dr. Dyer, okay, um, was there was a lady that was talking about how 
uh, she came from uh, a Catholic environment and uh, they raised their daughter well and she went to school and got her degrees and now she's dating this slumbag guy. Okay. <laughs> and, and Dr. Dyer, he listened and he was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I see, right? And then after she's done, he said to her, he was like, you know, why are you believing this story about yourself? Why are you believing the lie about who you are? Mm, come on, Dr. Dyer. Okay. He was like, why? You, you know, you have this fable in your mind of the way that you raised your daughter, which probably isn't as accurate as if we were to go through everything. If she was sitting on the line with you, here with you, mm-hmm. it's not as accurate as you've portrayed but yet you have this, it's supposed to be like this. And he said, and that's where your pain is coming from. Right. You see? And I think for a lot of young men, I hear men, young men talk about this all the time about feeling spiritually lost. Right. Okay. And I'm going to offer up that uh, there's, a difference bet- there's a difference between not adhering to a specific religion and being spiritually lost. Right. Okay. So- Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. And so I believe that today when we see young men out there who are hurting, who are committing crimes, who are in trouble and so on and so forth, right. you're looking at somebody who is spiritually lost, unattached. They can't find their way. Right. Okay. And if, you go, through, yeah, if right. you go through their lives, a lot of times, Veronica, you'll find that these men have never been asked about their purpose. Never. Or even being encouraged to tap into what they want to do, which will light that fire of purpose in them, which will bring them internal happiness, right. which will make them feel like I've got it. I found right. it. My joy. This is yeah. my peace. And then they'll be able to find that spiritual balance because they found their purpose in their peace. A yeah. lot of times we're telling these kids, especially our young men, I really want us to, reframe or reimagine how we talk to our sons. Yeah. We have to, we have to have conversations with them. We cannot keep telling them, well, as a man or as a black man, or you, my son, so this is what you going to do. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Thank you so much for saying that. Because, <laughs> you know, I think men and young young men are afraid to say, and you have men doing this to each other too. And it's funny because I was talking to my son and my son said to me that I get so tired of people asking me how I feel about something as a black man. He's like, like, wait, like, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? You know, what does that even mean? Like we've become so we're trying to respond to racism in America and don't realize we're dumping on children who... No emotionally poor babies and we got to think about the day and age i like the, the the quote you said we have to raise them for this time not our time and so we have to when we're looking at the spiritual aspect of it we want to give them some kind of map but then let them choose which road they take right you know you what i'm saying right. and that way when they're having a situation they were like my mom told me to do this but then I can also lean on this we want to give them a toolkit and so there was an incident at my oldest son's school so for those who know I have a 16 year old and a soon to be 13 year old so um so my 16 year old there's an incident at his school and it's a rare incident but it's an incident still because kids videotape stuff now mm-hmm. so it's an incident of a young man who got jumped by gang members 
Okay. Right. Got jumped by gang members. Um, so luckily my son goes to the school my husband teaches at. So the school went on lockdown. Right? Yeah. And my husband came home and said, school went on lockdown. The kids, this jump man got jumped, you know, by eight different gang members. He said, they don't go to the school. They came on campus looking for this gentleman. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, if you guys not familiar with gangs, uh, sometimes if you do something wrong or you bring too much attention, they put a hit up, whatever. They right. came and looked for this young man. Right. So my husband said the kids, some kids were out there and they recorded it. So the, essentially the young man uh, got kicked in the head, got punched. He hit the ground. Head started to, um, he started to shake, which means it's probably hemorrhaging in the brain. Yeah. And the kid proceeded to kick him. They kicked his teeth out of his mouth. Mm. Okay, wow. I'm saying this for because kids are, this is what kids see. Yeah. So they're videotaping this, they're sharing it, right? Mm. And our kids are watching stuff like this and they're not telling us. And if they're not, if we haven't provided just a toolkit on how to cope, with certain things or give them a space where they could come and talk to us or tap into my mom said, when I'm feeling this way to go pray or to meditate, then this stuff can become internalized. And so I sat my son down yesterday. I said, did you see the video? He was like, no. I said, do not watch the video. That's just my advice to you. Yeah. And I said it that way. That's my advice to you. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to watch the video. He said, well, why, why you don't want me to watch it? And then I explained to him, I said, son, sometimes we can watch stuff. And we think that, oh, we just watching something. I said, later on, you might have a nightmare. It might right. trigger you. Because he knows right. it trigger you. It might yeah. trigger you. I said, it might cause you to have what we call PTSD. Because now you're, like, nervous about, is this going to happen to me? So you might see somebody look like this gentleman. And then you're getting all scared. I said, some things we just don't need to see. That's right. Yeah. He said, I got you, Mom. He said, I got it. I said, wow. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's some heavy stuff. Right, yeah. right. And you know, it's funny because that even that right there, Veronica, is a, a spiritual experience. And I, cause, and I think one of the other issues that we have is because of how folks learned about religion, right? We, we think of relating to God, like if it doesn't sound like a story that was in uh, a religious book, then it's not right. a spiritual experience. Right. It's, it's a spiritual, like everything is a spiritual experience. <laughs> a good piece of cake could be a spiritual experience if you eat it, right? Just, ooh, right. So, you know, as we, as we finish this segment, I encourage all of you guys out there listening to sit down and talk to your children, sit down and talk to your emerging young men about spiritual experiences and what those experiences look like and feel like or were mm-hmm. to them. Right. You see, I always like to say, hey, look, all of us can tell stories about a religious figure from back when Moses or Abraham or whoever, Muhammad, any of them. We, we know their lives. Okay. Right. But what is the spiritual life of a person who is alive today? What does it look like? What are their experiences? And how do they tap into their divine? Oh, man, talk to me about that. You see, so that's what I encourage you guys uh, to do. Again, we're going to take a, a quick break and we'll be back because um, I know I've got some questions about parental expectations and I would love to hear what Veronica has to say. So <laughs> sit tight, guys. Guys are passionate sports fans. So passionate that our moods and our emotions are directly linked to the fate of our favorite team. 
But if your team's loss turns into a hole punched through the wall or a remote control tossed through your LCD TV screen, then you might be a little too passionate. Visit HealthyMenMichigan.org to take a free anonymous mental health screening and find tools and resources to help you get back in the game. Based on your results, you may be eligible for a paid volunteer research study. This program is funded by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hey guys, we are back and I am talking to um, to a therapist out of Compton, California, Veronica Clanton Higgins. Glad to have her on the show. I just couldn't wait to get her on. It's been a while coming. I was planning on doing it earlier and I was like, well, no, let me wait. Let me make sure the timing is good. And so the time is right now. You know, um, guys, uh, those of us who are parents, many of us who are parents, we came from homes where uh, we had a lot of parental expectations, okay? Uh, and well, now, some of us probably came from homes where we didn't have any parental expectations, and I'm sorry for that, guys. I hope that you are, are doing okay. But a lot of us came from environments where uh, parents expected a lot or ex- expected certain things. And so we naturally may have begun our parenting style, you know, or developed our parenting style based on that. Um, I know that, you know, for me, uh, early on, I had expectations for my kids, like, like scholastic expectations for my kids or, you know, religious expectations for my kids and things like that. But as I got older and as my kids got older, I was like, and I started to go through my own spiritual things, Veronica, I was like, whoa, Jack, is that even important right now? Right. <laughs> like, what right. am I doing to them with these expectations? Oh, you sound like me. I always say <laughs> my goal is not to traumatize my children. <laughs> right. You, you know, like, what exactly am I, am I doing? You know, I was an athlete um, for a long time. And many of the people who knew me, they were like, yo, man, uh, you going to teach your kids? And I was like, no. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, nah, that's not really part of the agenda, actually. Just not something I think about. Right. You, right. you see? Uh, or, or somebody says, well, your child should do this. No, they or, shouldn't. They should do that. And now I've reached a point in my life where as soon as somebody tells me what I should do, hmm. oh, I'm ready to go off. <laughs> you locked and loaded. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They better run, run, run. And, you know, don't even run. Just just w- teleport yourself somewhere else because you don't have time. Your legs can't move fast enough. The minute you tell me that I'm supposed to do anything, I, you know, even at work, the people, the people know, don't even talk to Charles about a deadline because he's going to tell you something about yourself. I love it. Okay. I tell them the only deadline I have is when my body dies. Okay. All these expectations are from a fantasy. Okay. But a lot of us don't realize that we continue to give these fantasies to our kids. Yeah. And you know what? And that's that. And if, uh, and I'm trying to, um, do it culturally because different cultures have different experiences here in this country or whatever country that you're currently living in. And based on those experiences, this is how we develop our parenting toolkit. Um, and this is how, um, you know, norms and values or traditions get passed down. Um, so for myself, I come from, I was the first person to graduate from high school, mm-hmm. right? I was the first person to go to college. Okay. I was the first person to, most of the people, most of the women in my family had babies before they were 18. 
I gotcha. had my first child till I was 26. Okay. And so I just realized, okay, I'm a little bit, I'm breaking cycles. Yeah. So, um, and I didn't realize that till a few years ago when I was telling somebody something, they was like, well, you broke a lot of cycles in your family. I was like, I didn't even realize it. I was just doing what I was doing. Right. So I am highly educated. So is my husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband has a master's degree. Um, he's a teacher. Um, I have a master's degree. I'm working on my doctorate, but that is not our expectation for our children. Gotcha. And so people just assume that because I have a higher education that I'm going to impart this on my children. And I had to explain to people, my husband, and I are sending them up on trajectories based on them. Right. 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 Cause college costs money. We don't want our kids to be in debt. That's number That's one. Right. That's right. That's one. And then number two, the only requirement we have for them at this point, let's get you through high school. <laughs> right. It's like, we're just going to focus right here. Yeah, let's be here just, right now. I love my kids. But oh, honey, it's a struggle. Um, yeah. Because my kids are like me. They're like, why do we have to adhere to this structured learning environment that I feel is not conducive <laughs> to what I want to do in life? Right. Right. And I, I, I said, yeah, but legally, as your parent, there are certain things I have to do. And one of those legal things is yeah. send you to school. I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. I know it is boring, honey, but hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, right. I tell my kids, hang in there. I know you only got to do this for a few more years, boo. You got this. Just yeah. do it. Right. Because we always, and I, and I keep saying this, we always talk to our kids and not with our kids. Parents, we have to really refrain that. And fathers, it just feels good when your son can sit down, or even your daughter, uh, mm-hmm. can sit, sit down and just have a conversation with you yeah. and not get lectured. Right. Just right. have a talk yeah. about stuff. Because if you lecturing kids, if you and I mean we were teenagers, we know what it was like. Some your parents start lecturing you, you just check all the way out. I was a rebel. I didn't listen to nobody. So just please don't get my mama on here. She'll tell you what a hot hell I was as a teenager. You see, yeah, man, (laughs) absolutely. You know, and it's it's a thing uh, when we talk about these expectations. And you heard me talk a little bit before about Dr. Dyer. Um, Dr. Dyer was was really really adamant about lose the nonsense. Okay. You, you know, okay, so your kid went to school and they got all A's. Okay, now what? Oh, they, they want to learn anything or they're good at following directions. They, I want us to rethink this grading system. Yeah, you know, there, there you go. It's just so much out there that we have put onto, you know, emerging men and women. And it's like you look up and you see these children who are not happy. Mm. It's like, well, what, what did we do? We've been indoctrinating them into this thing and we're supposed to be parents and caretakers and really furthering them we right we don't have a book we, for this Charles. we don't have a book for it no we don't one have a book told for us it. how to be a parent right that's right yeah and it so it's hard. just it's just repeat that you know well i'll pick up this like this stamp and put that down over here i'll pick that right. one up and put that down like over here <laughs> exactly we're just basically we're repeating cycles, Charles. That's what parenting yeah. is. You're repeating cycles. You might mm-hmm. find that you did not like certain things that your parents did, but because that's how you were indoctrinated, you kind of find yourself doing the same thing. Doing the same thing, yeah. And so that's why you hear people say, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm my mom. I'm becoming my mom, right? Because mm-hmm. subconsciously, right, 
you've internalized all of that. And so it's coming out in your mannerisms because it's impacted the way you, who you are as an individual. You may yeah. not realize it. And so, like I tell my sons, I said, look, I'm not perfect. And if I'm wrong, I apologize to my kids. My mom never apologized to me. It was always, well, whatever. It right. is what it is. Do what I said. Mm-hmm. I'm like, not right, though. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm wrong, I apologize to my kids. I'm like, you know what? Mommy was wrong. My bad. Right, you know? right. I hear you. Because it teaches them, number one, take responsibility for your actions. Mm-hmm. Number two, never be afraid to say you made a mistake. How can I correct it? Right. Right. And it also teaches them just like that mom is humble and she, yeah, she's your parent, but I'm here to guide you. I always tell my kids, parenting is not easy. I might do something. You might just have to say something to me. Cause like one time my son, my son is a jazz musician. And so he plays the bass guitar. He plays the piano. He plays all that stuff. So he had a performance and I realized I was doing something my mama did to me and I didn't realize it till he said something. And I'm glad he stood his ground. So what happened was it was hot. It's hot in California, y'all. It's I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what temperature they got it on out here, but it is very hot. And so my son wanted to wear a jacket. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, no, nah, it's hot. Don't wear a coat. You guys gonna be playing outside. No, I like this jacket. It's cool. I'm gonna wear it. Yeah. I was like, no, go take the jacket off. And he's like, Mom, why do I have to take the jacket off? I'm fine. I want to wear the jacket. Mm. And I looked, I said, because it's hot, you got to get dehydrated. And I really feel like it's that. But he said, mom, but that's how you feel. <laughs> right, right. And I kind of stood there. I said, so do you want to wear the jacket? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes, mom, I'm fine. I'm not hot. I would like to wear the jacket. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. And I said, well, yeah. it's your body. I said, if you pass right. out, though. I'll be there, take you to the hospital. He started laughing, but I realized I was trying to control what he was doing. Real. Yeah. And that comes from the way I was parented. I was parented to do as I say. Okay. And I had an issue with that. And that's why I was a little rebellious. And so then I realized, oh my God. You were doing it. You were doing it. You caught yourself in it. Yeah. This is only two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, you caught yourself in it. It's real though. It's it's I mean, it's extremely, it's extremely real. Um, there there it's just I think a lot of us can get on autopilot. And so Ooh. when we get on autopilot, we don't realize how we're engaging uh young people. On that subconscious Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're just we're like, boom, I was at work. I came home. I have to do this. I got to do this, 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 this. And everything just gets skipped over. And so this is really a podcast inviting everybody who's listening, who you have children, you got nieces, nephews, whatever they are to you, for you to just stop for a minute, mm. recall what things were like for you, right? And invite invite the conversation and do more listening than talking really be mindful in your interaction with these young people today because when i'm out there just you know randomly interviewing people um one of the things that i always get back from young people is i feel like nobody's listening to me that is exactly they don't feel that's why i keep saying talk with and not too our young people don't feel heard right right and i think i i think you know what we do veronica i i think we look at their actions I think if we look, we look at young people's actions and we interpret a lot from their actions 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't go to the heart of the action. We don't go, we don't. So, so I remember somebody saying one time, you know, the, the book isn't just what's in the book. Uh, mm-hmm. It's in between the, the, the lines. That's something in the book as well. Okay. Right. And so I think a lot of us have just gotten so used to, because it's the way we were treated, right? right. Mm-hmm. That we, we, we look at the action, we look at the behavior, we, we address that, and then we keep it moving because we got other things to do now. You see what I'm saying? And everybody, I'm just, ooh, people are going to be upset with me. I know they are, but I got to say it. Okay. Yeah. There are so many people today who are trying to rewind time and redo their parenting. There are adults who are reparenting them, themselves. Mm-hmm. There are adults who are, I got to go get this self-care. So I'm going to go take this trip. There mm-hmm. are adults who are like trying to enjoy their own life rightfully. So I get it. But now are we making sure that that child is getting that same opportunity to have their self care? Yes. Yes. And we have to tap into that because I think, I think the biggest issue is we want to treat children like children, right? Mm -hmm. And not as young adults. But then when they externalize certain behaviors, we want to penalize them for it as opposed to thinking this is an emotionally developing person. Right. That's right. This person's brain is still developing. Yeah. Yeah. This person has only been here 12 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I'm being so serious. Cause yeah, I just, that's right. I'm like, what do you expect from a 15 or six? Yeah. He's six feet tall, honey, but he only been here 16 years. Right. What do you want from this young person? That's right. right? We Absolutely. put too much on these babies. I, I call them babies because everybody my baby. We put mm-hmm. too much on them and yeah. we don't take enough off of them. Like, okay, parents, look, these kids are going to school all day, every day. Y'all know school is boring. Let's mm-hmm. just be honest. Yeah. Sitting in a structured environment, sitting in a desk, being talked to by somebody, different periods. Oh, oh my God. And then after that, they're expected to come home and do chores, do mm-hmm. homework, if they mm-hmm. play sports, be, um, do sports, then be a perfect child, right? Right. right. And then all this other stuff, right? That's a lot. And then they're being told what to do. Yeah. So not only are they being told what to do all day at school by all these different people, then they're being told what to do by their coaches, then mm-hmm. they're being told what to do by their parents, and then when and they are overwhelmed, right? emotionally they're stressed and it might come out as oh you got an attitude yeah right. you got an attitude that made me tired <laughs> You're tired right yep that that's right stressed yep. Out. tired <laughs> hungry angry and angry and so many other things so right. you know uh I, we we running short on time uh, oh my god <laughs> running short on time we're going to have to have you back on the show but you know uh parents one of the things that I want to suggest to you all is uh get yourselves any uh an emotional flip chart or the, the, the diagram of emotions. Right. And this is something extremely simple. You can print it out from the, the printer at work. If you're at work or a home, or you can put it on your phone. These things help ignite conversations with your emerging men and women. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because it's almost, if you imagine a dartboard. Now I know there are some of you out there who are therapists and psychologists. You guys already know what this stuff is about, but for those who don't, Imagine you standing in front of a dartboard and in each little 
area of the dartboard, you have an emotion. Mm-hmm. Give these young people an opportunity to throw a dart at an emotion. And that, it, that dart may not land on, on that specific emotion, but they're trying to get close. And you just got to sit back and observe that and be willing to talk to them about that. You see what I'm saying? You've got to put aside your parental ego, okay, for a minute, not just for a minute, for a while, all right? If you're really serious about being a good parent, you've got to sit your ego down, okay, in order to address your child's ego and developing mind. If you don't sit your ego down, then that child will never, ever get anywhere with your help. You won't be helping that child, okay? So, guys, again, you have been listening to Veronica Clanton Higgins out of Compton, California. She's a therapist out there, a wonderful, wonderful personality. Uh, She is, you know, heavily involved, heavily involved. You heard me say with TED Talks. If you go into a TED Talk in Compton, you will see her. You will go through her. Um, She's doing so much for young people, for black men and women out there in California. Make sure that you follow her on Instagram. Uh, We'll have her website there listed in the show notes as well as her phone number. If if you're in California and need to to talk to someone there, uh, do reach out to her. So, Veronica, it was great to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And Everyone talk with your children, not at them, but be blessed and make sure you're in a, a sound spiritual place before you have that conversation with your, your children. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, listen, the weekend again is approaching. We hope that you all will be well. Uh, take care of yourselves. Don't drink too much. Don't party too hard. Get in some exercise. Regulate that blood pressure, folks, especially you fellas out there. Regulate that blood pressure. And uh, we will talk to you soon. You all be well now.